Hello, everyone. Welcome to Life on Earth podcast, episode 39. Wow. Already? I can't believe how fast it goes and how things are always changing and somehow coming into full circle. Even when we don't understand, many times it ends up making sense, right? Well, this is how I feel with many things happening currently in my life. And also with this particular episode, which really connected to the heart of journalism, my major in college together with dance kinesiology. So it really feels coming full circle and back to basics in some ways. Special thanks to this episode's co-producer, Sonia Zoss, for all the research and who also collaborates with our blogs and Friday Highlights. Are you on our mailing list? Nope? Yes? Well, get exclusive offers along with updates and super cool articles written by Sonia and myself or sometimes contributions. Um, by joining our Friday Highlights email list. How do you do that? Well, simply go to our website, shantiyoganola.com, homepage at the bottom. There will be an option to subscribe. And I will also include a link under show notes for you. Today's episode is brought to you by Shanti Yoga Training School, offering 200 and 300 hour teacher training certifications as well as deepening your practice, yoga on and off the mat, check out shantiyogatrainingschool.com. Today's episode is all about horses. So, let me begin by sharing with you one of my favorite quotes. There is something about the outside of a horse that is good for the inside of a man. Winston Churchill you will learn what goes on behind the scenes of the racehorse industry, what you can do to help save lives, to increase awareness, and foremost, to give a voice to those who have none. You will also hear the story of my first horse, the beloved Jazz, and his now friend Jude. Our special guest is Miss Kimberly Tirana, a professional in the horse world of many years, Literally, she began her career while still a kid. She now runs a horse rescue organization, St. John's Riding Stables, which she teaches many children and adults not only horsemanship, but also how to become a better version of themselves and hence give back to our planet, which she herself will tell you all about. Like me, Kimberly is a huge animal lover, and guys, she really walks her talk. Join us for this important conversation. Share this episode with those who care. Help spread the word and contribute to make this planet a better place. I believe in you. It all starts here. We can do this. Me and you. All lives matter. Love the show? Help me out. Leave me an awesome review on iTunes. I truly appreciate it, and subscribe to the show. Without further ado, here is Kimberly Tirana and St. John Writing Stable. Welcome to Life on Earth, The Peace Project, a podcast that teaches you how to connect with the divine and transform darkness into light through topics from yoga to nature and ultimately love. 
join your host, Natalie Qua, to celebrate and encourage diversity, peace, and global equality, one earthling at a time. Hi, thank you so much for being here today. Thank, thank you so you. much for being on the podcast, thank Life on you. Earth, Kimberly. So, uh, will you say your whole name, please? Yes, my name is Kimberly Tarana. Yep. And we're here at St. John Riding Stables in Laplace, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So, Kimberly, um, yeah, I would like to, t- to tell our listeners a little bit about what you have going on here before we go into your story, because I know you have an incredible story and I'd sure. love to share with the world. But we are, just so everybody knows, this place is beautiful. There's so many horses here. And Kimberly has helped so many lives and given second chances and third and fourth chances to so many awesome animals, not just horses, others too. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to go into who are you and, you know, how did your life start with the horses and your interests. But first, um, just to give everyone a feel of this place and what you do, what does St. John Stable Writing stable stand for why did you start it? And right, so on. I started it because we started um, my young life in the race horse racehorse industry, and I was involved in that industry for 18 years. I saw all of the injuries, all of the um, bad things happening on the track. So when I got my opportunity. I wanted to give back to the horse world because they provided a living for my family. So I started rescuing horses. <laughs> I'm getting emotional. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, this is an emotional topic for yep. sure. So giving back <clears throat> has been very important to you. Very, very. No, you're fine. So every horse here is a rescue. Which is amazing. Um, we've rescued 50 horses in nine years. Wow. This is out of pocket, um, all privately funded by me. Um, there are a few kind donors mm-hmm. along the way, but mm-hmm. it's mostly myself and my family. Uh, we teach children how to rescue and care for horses and kittens and puppies, whatever comes along. Mm-hmm. So I'm very blessed. <laughs> yeah, you do. You definitely do what you love. But you work really hard ever since I know you, you know, and you, you have a really big heart. And I'm sure that you have seen a lot, a lot. And no wonder that you are emotional, because this is this is a topic that mm-hmm. when you know, I'm going to tell you 30 uh, something episodes that we have for life on Earth. And I was researching not that I'm not familiar with this because obviously I'm very familiar due to jazz Mr. Jazz but when I was getting ready for our meeting today um it was hard yeah it was hard and I had yeah I had a um someone who helped me research my co-producer for the episode and she was like wow this stuff is deep it is is it's devastating and those horses give their lives to humans so once we we get into our conversation i actually brought some facts that i want to uh you know go over with you and get your opinion and just kind of also uh create awareness for our community that that are listening to life on earth we have people that tune in and listen to the podcast from all over the world, right? Which is really cool, mm-hmm. you know. So you that are out there listening, thank you for 
for your um, openness and thanks for sitting here with us and being open to the different subjects that come at the end of the day and I like to say the beginning of the day too is really all about making the the planet a better world absolutely and uh, it begins with all being all beings all being equal correct you know and all beings matter it's funny because when we were researching this um, my um, my co-producer that worked with me Sonia she she sent me a quote and it was how she started the research it says the idea that some lives matter less is the root of all the wrong in the world. So I'll read it again. The idea that some lives matter less is the root of all the wrong in the world. Absolutely. This is a quote by Dr. Paul Farmer. Yes. So That's a profound statement. Yeah, and I mean, this is kind of why we're here. Right. You know, yes. we want to change that. Yes. And by teaching children, we are going to change it. So St. John's, where we are right now, um, you you are open seven days a week. Seven days a week, twelve hours a day. All of your animals are rescued. All of them are rescued. How many horses do you have on the property now? Twenty. Twenty. Yes, and there have been another thirty. If I rescue an animal that is not able to be saved, they are loved, and then let go here. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and sometimes you're able to rehome them to a new absolutely. home, like to yes. somebody that. But like you said to me that I loved when mm -hmm. Jazz came here yes. is that you you make sure that they are okay yes. no matter what. Like yes. once it's like I under have your hands care, on you are like this is a life for the commitment. rest of their life for the rest yeah, of their you're life. Really, and mm -hmm. you've even had a, a story that you told me of a horse that, and I know you might have had more, but there's one that I know that left. And then years later, nine came years back, later, right? came back, and he's here with us now. He's 20 years old. And he's one of the children's favorites. They know he was rescued, and they know he's back to stay. That is, yep. that, I mean, that's amazing. It you is. really walk your talk. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so, so the idea, okay, so you're open seven days a week, and you offer lessons. What yes. kind of lessons do you? Um, any horsemanship style. Um, we start at the beginner level, and then the child or adult gets to pick uh, the discipline that they like. We do English and Western riding. We also have a little show team if they would like to ride. All of the horses, like I keep repeating, are rescues. So they have all had issues with starvation, abuse, um, ending up in slaughter situations at no fault of their own. We rehab them, we vet them, we get their feet fixed by a farrier, and if they can, be brought into the children's program, then they can also be shown. So when we go to shows, we show up and everybody knows that we are all rescues. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you, yeah, yeah so everybody's, and then the children, I'm sure oh, the children goodness. are very it aware of that. It just spreads by wildfire right? because a lot of these people have the opportunity to buy twenty and $30,000 horses to show, and they're competing against horses that were thrown away or mm -hmm. starved or abused and now they're back to health and shiny and happy and out there in the show ring and it's beautiful it's it's a really like aha moment i yes, find absolutely I, I can relate that i'll give you guys a, a story as an example my i have a chihuahua his name is emilio mm -hmm. and he's as cute as could be he goes with me everywhere he travels inside the plane and people will come up to me and say 
oh my god what kind of where'd you get that dog what mm-hmm. kind of dog is that and i'm like yeah it's called the shelter right <laughs> but you know they're like what breed is that but it's it's it, 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 they're always like whoa yes. because he looks like he's very he looks so good now and a show dog and he yeah. looks like he could be a show yeah, dog yeah. And, and and literally his uh twin brother it's mm-hmm. a very unfortunate story because they both used to bite a little because you know they came from an abusive situation right and his twin brother got euthanized mm-hmm. and he he did because he tried to bite someone at the shelter right. so he got but i mean we're talking about a you know a five Tiny, pound little yeah. but still i mean they have it's a lot a they have a lot to, mm-hmm. they have thousands of dogs so they have to kind of sure. uh, triage right. you know right. so but this is a dog that that people told me he's unadoptable this yes. was a dog he was actually not on the adopt list i found him through a friend who worked there right and uh, he was already in the back closed yes, off he was already not one that was not even like a, you know not good and, and when i signed the paperwork it said there you know be aware we're not responsible you we're, we were not yes and yeah. we're not you know uh encouraging this adoption he's right. just an adult because he bites right and now i'm not you know he has he still has his days but, but he's, he's just sweet. like amazing yes. he's been the best i've been with him now i think for four years been the best companion best friend yes so and i could and we're gonna get into jazz too but the same thing you know jazz who who's here my horse who's here now yes. kim's horse now yes and he was my first horse of myself yes also a rescue mm-hmm. i love him to peace absolutely you know? it never leaves your heart yeah and and all these all these guys are yes. so amazing yeah. so i love it when you're saying that when you're at a show and the kids are showing sure. these horses next to some that are yeah. worth thousands and they're right. like and they're, whoa and this is a rescue that's right you know? we have a program here that's called ride a rescue um we'll get into that later where they can um, make donations uh, you can choose a, a rescue and um, choose to ride that rescue three times in a month. And these are all the horses that are healthy enough to be back in riding. Because wow. when they come, it's usually a year from the time they were starving or abused till the time that they can be ridden again and be comfortably ridden so it takes about a year yes average yes that's a that's mm-hmm. a big commitment it is because you know a year is feeding it's a lot of and feeding, vetting, vetting and farrier farriers yes you um i know for sure that there's one vet that you work with who was Absolutely. also vet uh jazz's vet who yeah. actually made the connection for us and and she's one of my favorite vets Absolutely. ever dr allison barka yes so I love her too. accolades, so, and, and, <laughs> and I work and very I'm sure closely you work with, with others too. Sure, right? I work very closely with her. LSU met a uh, teaching um, hospital for uh, all animals, and then um, three other vets in the area, and two farriers. So there's always somebody on call. A team. A team. So we have somebody that I can either go to or they come here 24 hours a day. If something happens, they'll meet me here or they meet me at LSU. And the reason I mentioned that is because that's why I wanted to mention this. It's not, I mean, you're working with people that are amazing people. Yes. Like, I mean, these are expensive vets. Uh, these are yes. really good people that know what they're doing. Yes. And 
you know, chiropractors. <laughs> chiropractors. Yes, we have chiropractors so for the horses. Yeah, it's it's de definitely a lot of expenses as well. Yes, you know, absolutely. So, and this is out of pocket. So we are um, interested in becoming a five hundred one. And the process has begun. It takes a while to get all your duckies in a row, mm -hmm. you know, tax-wise. You deserve and, it. Yes. I hope Thank you, you get it. Thank you. I, I would love to. It. Because, again, and, and it's not also, it's not like you're a trust fund kid no. or any, I mean, Kim, no. Kimberly, you I work, work hard. I work every day. You know, every every, day. Every, everything yes. here is hard work, yes. but also there's a really clear intention. Yes to better the world, to better these animals, to give them a second. And by teaching these third. children, we're going to change a lot of things. Can we talk about that for sure, a minute? Sure. Like the, so why, why, cause I know, I know that you, why children? And I mean, uh, there's an obvious answer, but yes. they're the future. They right? are the future. They have open hearts and open minds. Um, they can absorb so much at a young age and pass it on to their peers and their families because so many people don't realize that you don't get a puppy or a kitten and when that puppy or kitten grows up you bring it to the shelter and get another puppy or a kitten animals are a commitment for life and by teaching these kids they are not throwaways they go home and teach it to their siblings to their families they nobody's doing that right now and nope. somebody needs to yeah, yeah, so thank you for doing that. Absolutely. Because I love, I love how you do the summer camps yes. and you always have children here and yes. you really like have a bigger vision of, you know, we this do. is how you change the future. Right. We had a, a birthday party for one of my riding students about four weeks ago and it turned out that she had 18 children and 30 adults and no one knew because I don't have an advertising budget. So they saw all these horses and they were in the middle of this space wow. for three hours and all, ev there was a horse in every stall, which there's 15 stalls around us. The horses were kissing, they were shaking hands, they were polite, no one bites, no one kicks. All the children were in and out of the stalls together, grooming, braiding manes and tails. Oh my It was God. amazing. And the parents, I got 30 calls after that, and I got um, kids coming for lessons now and more birthday parties and a I few say, donations. Do you, do you do birthday parties? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And um, all I ask for the birthday party is not a big fee for being in the place. It's just a small fee per child for the horses. Mm -hmm. Everything goes back to all of these horses, vetting, feed, farrier chiropractor yes. I know chiropractor it's, it's cool yeah. Jazz just got a chiropractor yes. like a few yeah, weeks ago right yep. yeah and he's yeah. feeling much better he's doing really well oh nice yeah yep. okay so let's let's go back to you um so where are you from Chicago Illinois yep wow so I was born in um Evanston raised in Barrington and Naperville and um all big horse communities I came from a family that we had horses. I started at four years old and I rode every day for 18 years. Wow. So that was part of my, um, my schooling was horses. And then uh, when I wasn't in school, I was riding horses at the racetrack. I was riding horses at the hunter jumper barn. 
Um, I was helping train horses and ponies at a friend of mine's barn. So I did that for a long period of time. And then when I moved from Chicago, I went to Florida, started some schooling there, showed horses there. Then um, went to California and showed horses there. And then when I came to Louisiana, I had my children and for about 15 years I was not involved in any horses except for teaching my children how to ride. Mm. And then the opportunity came up for myself to open another business and that's when I jumped on St. John Riding Stables. Mm. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So in your uh, earlier years, when did you start becoming a trainer? Uh, when I was point? 13, I started teaching lessons at the barn that I was taking lessons at. Um, instead of doing a lot of board, because um, we had 10 or 15 horses there, I started teaching beginner lessons. And then my kids that, I that were four, five, six years old started showing and winning. And then their parents wanted me to move to another barn with them. So I was able to broaden my student base at that time, even though I was 15 and 16. I was able to help feed the horses and vet the horses and farrier the horses that we had as, as a, a racing industry family. Mm -hmm. So what do you mean by racing industry family? We were involved in thoroughbred racing when I was, until I was about 15 or 16 years old, and hunter-jumpers. your family, like my, your, you my know, your dad mom and, dad. and your mom? Okay. Mm -hmm. They were owners, and then we had trainers at Arlington, Sportsman's, and Hawthorne, and that's in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And then we had a traveling team that went to Florida, Louisiana, and California. So when did you start working on the track? On the racetrack when I was nine years old, and I worked as a hot walker, and that's yeah. when you walk the horses yeah. after they run. And then I started riding exercise, exercising horses, and the I, thoroughbreds. Thoroughbreds, all thoroughbreds. Whoa. Even the horses that we were hunter jumpers were thoroughbreds off the track. I mean, those are like, you know, warm blood. They're, they're, they're and they were in the mix of big racing. Big and hot. So I'm showing yeah. my <laughs> muscles right now. That's where these muscles came from, from riding. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because they're not like No, the, they're not little. You, you and I like. was 90 pounds, but I worked oh. out every day, and I worked horses morning, noon, and night. And... I built up uh, a clientele base that way also. So. And then you, so you were in the racetrack for how long? About six years. And okay. then um, my parents got out of the business, so I got out of the business of the racehorses. We still rode the hunters and jumpers. But as you know, super expensive to board. Yes. And when you don't have your own land, you have to board. You mm -hmm. have to pay for their stall, for their food, for their food. farrier, chiropractor, vet. vet, and it's constant. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, when I was doing some research about the, the thoroughbred, um, because, okay, so maybe I should just tell the story of Jazz. And then I wanted to know a, a story of at least like one or two of your horses sure. so that we can get to know the yeah, horses, sure. you know. So for, for those of you listening, my uh, first horse was Jazz, and he's here with Kimberly now. And the way I found Jazz is that I was riding at this place, 
and they had jazz there. He was picked up out of an auction. Right. So for people who, um, and he was picked out of an auction because he was then given to one of the Mardi in New Orleans we have Carnival Mardi Gras so this is when you have I'm sure you, you've seen it no matter where you are in the world the parades and the horses and the beads and all that so not all of the horses comes from this situation but every year there's a pretty big amount I have yes. seen this firsthand and in fact I have helped um, not knowing what was going on but I still would help them like bring them carrots and feed them when they were getting uh, pretty much drugged right injected with a lot of stuff so that they could go in, in and be in the parades and not hurt anybody right and so but so jazz is an example of one of many horses that was picked up of a place called the auction house so i'm sure a lot of people listening to this right now don't know what an auction house right. is. what is an auction house? an auction house is where a horse ends up either because the owners could not sell them or they ended up losing the horse because they couldn't take care of them anymore. Or there were so many horses bred that year that those horses did not turn into performance horses, so they sell at an auction. Now, there's kill buyers at auctions, at every auction. What a kill buyer does is they've got a quota that they take to Mexico or Canada every week. And they have to have that quota filled by these horses. The horses leave the country under locked semis. They end up at slaughterhouses and they are killed for meat. Yeah. And this is a very, very sad reality. It's a very sad reality and it's happening a lot. Um, I actually have some numbers here to back up what you're talking about. Yes. So um, I'm going to read something for you guys. So also into these these auction houses, a lot of um, race horses also end up there, unfortunately. Yes. You know, in the United States, uh, horse slaughter was outlawed in 2007. Uh, an estimated 120,000 horses, thoroughbreds, and others were exported to Canada and Mexico for slaughter in 2009. Correct. This is a number. This is a research. And in 2017, the number dropped to 78,857 horses slaughtered per year. And now we average about 80,000 or whatever, something right. like that. So, you know, 80, 90,000. I mean, this is crazy. It is. I mean, if you think about it, we're talking, let's just even say 80,000, right? Yeah. 80,000 horses, lives. lives. Per Souls. year, correct in the United States yeah, only. I mean, because this is they, just crazy. And and now the fact that you know, yes. So basically, what happened is the United States said, okay, no more horse meat. Two thousand seven. Right. So and now you know, but it's okay to do that across the border correct. in Mexico and Canada. Yes. So these horses are put on these you guys like these trucks Ugh. okay and it's it's completely inhumane because there is no love for the animal whatsoever. no water no feed in fact anybody who does that i actually can understand because it you know once you personalize it you can't do it correct so you have to be like you have to treat them you like wouldn't they're see trash. It. right and then they go for hours and hours in this miserable situation across the border to canada or mexico to only then get there and be slaughtered and know that, and they're, know gonna that they're going to die. It's done because, right in front of them. Yes. And right you can smell the yes. blood and you can. 
So, I mean, horses are very sensitive animals. Yes. They're very emotional. Sentient beings. They're extremely smart. I love animals. I've been around a lot of animals, and I'm always amazed and impressed how smart horses are. Absolutely. They're almost, like, majestic. I yes. mean, you know, and it's interesting to me because in our society, we tend to see horses as majestic, yes, magical. absolutely. And when you're a little kid, yeah. that too. And when you grow old, and many people love, you know, horses like artwork and paintings and fashion and all of that. And yet we can also do that, yes. the other side to right. it. So it's like here they are, these mm -hmm. unicorns, yes. right? These yeah. magical beings that enhance so much and so many levels. And yet we are slaughtering an average of 80,000 horses a year. A year. Just in this country, yes. But what is also crazy to me, and, and, and this is why, you know, I'm having this conversation to you with you, is I also hope that this is what life on earth is about, that I know that there's a lot of people out there that is just unaware right. of the situation. Right. Even though for someone like me and you, we know this. It's sure. A, it's very real. Cause and that's why we post on social yeah. media and it's part of put our it out life. there. But Correct. You, you know, we have to understand that there's a lot of people that this is not part of their right. daily life. So it's okay. Like, sure. you know, like it's that, that say like ignorance can be a bliss right. sometimes. Public awareness. at the awareness. same time, removing the veils yes. and like being able to see what is going on. Right. So, just to, long story short, Jazz ended up going back, going to the parades, worked at the parades in New Orleans for about, I would say he paraded for about on and off about, you know, a week and a half, two weeks mm -hmm. after the parade. This horse, I mean, he was just, he had blood all over his face because... Uh, his rider pulled so hard in his mouth. Ripped I know, his mouth. Ripped his mouth. And then his mane was pulled off because he was very nervous. He's a th Now, you guys picture this like he's a thoroughbred coming off the track. Right. Like, so, you know, th like he was uh, not immediately off the track, but there's a period of a time that nobody knows exactly like what they think that might have been like in a pasture somewhere. Sure. Then he went to this auction, got rid he was still pretty young, you know, and had a lot of fire on him, got really scared right. of being in this parade. And right. that's why he wasn't like, you know, just he was he, prancing around. Yeah. Yeah. And they're um, scared. They don't know the atmosphere. And he was being, of course, like drugged and injected and all that so he could calm down. But right. it was still not enough. So right. his rider, I spoke with the trainer that was there at that time and I was handling the whole situation. One of the trainers. And he said that the guy that was put on him weighed over 200 pounds and he was skin and bones yes um when he got back he had all these cuts i helped i helped clean his wounds i helped at the barn and i was feeding him carrots i braided his hair fell in love with him long story short next thing i know i'm calling dr barca right and because you know back then i was i was riding i didn't have a horse but i was taking lessons and riding a lot of i knew dr barca and she came and she said, look, he's, you know, a beautiful horse. And if he was my first horse way back, I never forget that. She said, I would have taken him. Yes. And, he, you know, he, he passed a vet check. Right. Yeah, we do. He passed everything. Had mm -hmm. good feet, all that. This was maybe five, five years ago sure. or six, mm -hmm. something like that. And so, and then after that, she said to me when I, um, oh, because I forgot to add this. This is why I ended up taking him. There was a lot of people coming and checking out the horses post-parade because then we were left with 20-something horses that nobody knew where they were going to go they after They were going to go to slaughter. 
right. right. And so some were taken to farms, and this one was one of the ones, Jez is a pretty big horse, and he was one of the ones that was not taken. Yes. And so when I asked, you know, this particular person, trainer, that I'm not going to name his name, he said to me, um, I'm taking him back tomorrow, or he gave me the date, I'm taking him back to the to the auction house. Correct. And I'm like, that's it. That's yeah. it. He's done. He w- he He's worked done. his butt off and did everything they asked him to, and it still wasn't good enough, so they send him to slaughter. And it happens to almost 100,000 <sighs> horses a year in our society, just in our yeah. society. So you did the right thing. Well, I, I, you I, saved had, I him. had no money at the time. Correct. So let me just make it sure, like, you know, I could, I could get by and stuff. I was working really hard on my yoga teacher. Sure. Like five years working really hard. And I, I really, like, didn't know how I was going to do this. But I went and, you know, figured it out. And yeah. I said, I just can't. I went home. I said prayers. And I said, I just can't. I can't let that happen to him. Right. I was very attached to him. So I also had a lot of people that came together in the horse community to help me. Yes. Which is a really beautiful That's thing. That's a blessing. I it's love a blessing. that yep. about the horse community. It's yep. kind of like it takes a village to raise a child. Sure. Sometimes, you know, people really save a horse come up for you and yeah. say hey he can stay here he right. can do this i'll give you this or i'll give you some hay or whatever that's wonderful it is. Yes. and it was so amazing it is. so i did it and for the first year dr barker said i you are forbidden for the first eight months to put a saddle on this yes. horse because mm-hmm. it was so skin- he was so skinny yes. and it was like his bones were and so i would drive to the west bank from new orleans twice a day to clean his wounds and to medicate him and to make sure he was okay and anyways and then he went on to training and then for many years um you know before he came here i had an amazing time with yes i mean there was a time that he Mm -hmm. was you know i'm not i'm gonna be honest Mm -hmm. he was it was probably the first time after the track that he had proper training correct so and proper care you did it right right it took a lot it took like you know i remember like us having to train him five days a week or six days because if i wanted to ride him and teach him a little bit of jumping and walk truck canter and all that i mean you know of course he he had to get past all that stuff that he learned on the racetrack to go 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 yep yeah so anyways but you know fast forwarding and now and Kimberly has him, which I'm so grateful. Thank I love you him. so much. He's an amazing and you soul. Took him, and I know he's also, you know, gone through some stuff. But you're there with him. Sure. Like, I mean, like you said, there, it's life. Life yes. is gonna happen. And There's he's gonna be taken care of forever. Yeah. I made the commitment, and he'll he'll stay here. And the kids adore him, and he adores the kids. That's beautiful. It's really cool. And I yeah. really, I really want one day I'm going to mm-hmm. write a little kid's book. Yes. About his little story. It'd be amazing. I, think, I know he's one of thousands, but that's the whole point. Yes, but that is the point. And he's he, also an individual. He's a standout. Yes. Yes. And he's also his own being. Yes, he is. With uh, emotions, characters, yes. good days, bad days. That's right. Um, I mean... He, this horse has changed my life on so many yes. levels that I could do a whole podcast of just myself talking about him yeah, one day. I, I agree. Because I agree. he got me closer to nature, right. to the country, yeah. to my love to of your animals, own heart. to my heart. Yes, He gave absolutely. me strength, days that I was sad. Yeah. Just by being by him, yes. I feel completely When you changed. walk into a stable, yeah. you feel that peace because these animals are at peace in this area. And that's, I think, what you're providing yes, to people, too. Yes, I love too. it. Yes. 
what is when that they come here, this is their happy place. The kids are like, they would rather be at the barn than do anything else. And I've got a lot of them. So we're, we're very, very lucky. We have a nice little niche in Laplace. Um, Covington's full of trainers. Um, Folsom's full of trainers. Baton Rouge is full of trainers. But this little area, there aren't a lot of trainers. So I'm very lucky that I can uh, deal with all the children in the area and teach them. Well, and they couldn't have asked for a better trainer. Thank I you. I mean, you Thank have you. so I much. I love it. Like, and another thing that I love about you is that you don't only teach how to ride, because obviously you can do that, but you teach horsemanship. Yes. And that to me is mm -hmm. a whole nother level. It is. They need to know how much work you have to put into not only horses, any animal that you raise, you have to make that commitment and you have to be there for that animal. These guys, we're here 12 hours a day. I love it. My husband loves it. The kids want to be here with us also. We have sleepovers in the hayloffs. Mm -hmm. We do... Um, weekends that if we go to a show we'll stay overnight and take uh, take care of the horses at the show so there is no staff at the show we go at four in the morning we clean their stalls we water them we feed them we work them we groom them so it's it's an amazing thing to be able to teach and um, pass on to the younger generation you know i love when you say that it's a lifelong commitment I, I there's one thing that schools do i don't know if they still do that but for example they'll when they're teaching you know they'll get um the chickens like the chicks the baby yeah. chicks and mm -hmm. they'll give to kids right like they did that to me too when mm -hmm. i was little and everybody takes it and i live i had no business taking a baby chick back then i mean we <laughs> yeah. lived in an apartment in the middle of like rio de janeiro right, super. right. what are you gonna so do what with is that chick? gonna do when it grows and then like nobody knows what to do with it like yeah. a friend of mine was telling me that they they had a goat that they gave a baby goat to him mm -hmm. and he like took it home and then you know they don't know what to do with it so right. like basically what i'm saying is then you dispose that animal somewhere yes, you do and so what the parents are teaching kids when mm -hmm. you're doing something like that is it's that animals okay. are disposable and they're not they and, are and, yeah you know not like hey you took this baby chick you're now you going have a to, freaking chicken for the right. rest of your the <laughs> chicken's <freaking> life chicken. <laughs> yeah <laughs> which but it, it by does. the way it i have five chickens right in my in my yard yes. which i love now yeah. but yes mm -hmm. teaching responsibility yes. all see that animal yes life all the way and through. accountability because you can't just say okay i'm going to lease this horse and then once a month i'm gonna come out and ride that horse right. they want to be here on a daily or semi-daily basis so that they can groom their horse and train their horse and feed their horse. They become part of that life cycle, which is nice to see. Which yeah. is really nice. And that's yeah. a whole nother thing, like the whole, yeah. And that's why, you know, stables are so fantastic. And mm -hmm. for anybody who, horse lovers, I mean, you know that part of loving having a horse i mean or leasing a horse whatever is is riding but then a big part of it is hanging out at the stables that's right and the barn and the feeding carrots and, and, feeding grooming and grooming and braiding and oh, and, oh my god it's, it's amazing a whole lifestyle it is and it's fantastic yeah <laughs> so do you mind if i if i read some of these points please here? do i wanted I to share do. this okay so on an average um how old are horses on average when they retired? 
some of the greatest thoroughbred racehorses, including Seabiscus and Manowar, mm -hmm. raced for only two years before retiring. Wow. And they live for 30 years, so that tells you how disposable <laughs> horses, the racehorse industry is. Uh, others, like 16 consecutive race winner Cigar, continued racing as a five-year-old. But for the most part, a horse's racing life will last perhaps three or four years. That's it. Because they break crazy. down. They're, they're, the pounding that they take during training, it's not necessarily one race. It's the pounding of everyday training that breaks down their legs. How many horses die on racetracks because they've been drugged to perform past their limits? The New York Times found that 24 horses a week die at American tracks, a rate much greater than in countries where drug use for horses is severely restricted. So, you yes, know, that's Yes, it makes a crazy. big difference. And yeah. then uh, how many uh, thoroughbreds make it to, bred thoroughbreds make it to race? Thousands of thoroughbreds are bred for racing every year. Depending on the country, only 5% to 10% ever make it to a race course. What happens to the others unless they are lucky enough to find another career or places like yours, right. Kimberly, they are disposed of typically at a slaughterhouse. The U.S. ships horses to Canada and Mexico for slaughter. Um, so anyways these are just some of some of the points that i wanted to 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 present but you know there are a lot of people now doing amazing things to trying yes. to change this situation and trying right. to be more aware i understand that so i don't want this to also become like a bashing or right, anything right. Mm -hmm. because on my way here I actually listen to a podcast and i'm happy to include the link on the show notes um, I forgot the name of it, but it, she was interviewing, the girl was interviewing this, this woman who has a re retired thoroughbred, thoroughbred um, you know, organization that they rescue and they do really good things. So she was talking about how the awareness, like the race industry is starting to open their eyes into like, okay, what happens to the horse after Correct. the race is really important. Very. Now people are, yeah. I think also with the era of the internet and information and Instagram and Facebook, right. we now have access to a lot more than what we had Absolutely. 10 years ago. Right. So, so we do want the public to be aware that we are disposing of almost 100,000 horses yes. a year. Yes. But we also want them to realize that there are better ways to do uh, training and get them involved with children and stop the overbreeding. That way you're not ending up with a 50 or 80,000 horses a year every single year that are being bred. That's really important. Yes. So That's we want to definitely change that legislation and being on social media, there's a lot of networking going on that we all try to get lots of these horses saved and out of the slaughter pipeline and then a lot of the horses fixed so they're gelded so that we're not repeatedly putting 100,000 horses out there every year for training. So. Right. And we need a lot more people like you. <laughs> Thank you. I would, I would love to be one of the ones that's teaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 
Can you tell us the story of maybe like you? I know there was one that you told me the story. The little girl there. Oh or, yes, Jude. Yeah, Jude, Jude. and uh, Jude is a um, pure Arabian. She, I had her um, teeth checked yesterday, and she is just turning six years old. She was thrown away to slaughter because they had too many babies in their area. I'm not going to say where she came from. Um, she was rescued a year ago, and she was, her chest, the bones in her chest were broken. She had um, multiple multiple wounds on her body her face was broken and this was done by tying the horse up while they were trying to break it now the word breaking we don't use anymore as a term right Me. hands <laughs> ten yeah um, breaking is the old school way now we train horses with trust okay back then they used to tie the horse up, all four legs, and put a tarp over their face and let them fight until it broke their spirit. spirit. So that's what happened to her. And when I saw her, a friend of mine on, on the Internet called me and said, nobody's going to take this horse. She's broken. She is just, she looks horrible. She looks like she's giving up. And I saw her, and I... My first horse was uh, an Arabian, her color. And um, it just got me in the heart. I had to go get her. So I jumped in my car, drove 12 hours. To a different state. To a different state. <laughs> I picked her up. I put her in um, a quarantine. They have to be quarantined because every horse that is in a slaughter situation picks up very... Um, communicable diseases so she had to stay in a quarantine for 30 days well the place that she was quarantined had sick horses and she had not had any inoculations so she was getting sicker I brought her back to my place this place St. John Riding Stables and quarantined her here for the rest of the duration it was it was a total of 45 days um, I closed off 60 feet of my barn oh, wow. to make sure that none of the other horses became um, consumed yeah. with with strangles and all these you know it's like a kennel cough like mm -hmm. a dog would have mm -hmm. in it so we got her through that and healed up all her wounds stitched <laughs> her up and she ended up being an absolute sweetheart even though she was beat and abused, she trusted us so much. And you can see it in her eyes. Yeah. Even she's today. She's so beautiful. She's adorable. She's adorable. Yep. And she still has, God bless her. I mean, she still has like a... The broken a, face. A broken face. Yeah. Like her bone is in her yes. face. I mean, I couldn't believe it. And when I first saw her like many months ago, yes. she had like a clip in her... Because she had a wound, right? So yes. it was like a clip. Yeah, so she was healing, still healing from yeah. all of those like, wounds. super beaten, but super, super amazing. I mean, yeah. this is this is a very happy story. I mean, you yes. guys are listening to this, but be be happy. She's here. She's well taken care she's of. She's amazing. She looks amazing yes. now. Yes, and the kids adore her, and I, she adores the kids. <laughs> I just gave her yeah. carrots today, yeah. <laughs> and she was like so happy, and she's so good. 
it looking? She's so cute. She's beautiful. I, like, I wish I could put her like in, in yep. my backyard. And she's something. also a good example for um, children because children look at things differently than we do. They don't see disability as we ah. do. So when I have a disabled animal and they see that she can go out and do things that the other horses are doing mm -hmm. and she is able to be with the children and learn and be trained, then they get it. They say, ah. there's not anything wrong with a disability. I love that. We bring it all together. We bring the world together. Because that also translates into other kids with disabilities yes. don't have to be different. They don't. And, yeah. you know, I grew up with my brother. One of my brothers mm -hmm. has Down syndrome. Okay. Did I tell mm -hmm. you that? No. I don't think No, I, I didn't. So, um, again, things have changed a lot, you yes. know, from when I was a kid way back sure. to now. But, and I mean, now I feel like there's more awareness to yes. it, that people are maybe nicer. But yeah. still, sometimes there's a lot of discrimination. Sure. But and ways. we still need to, we need to address the issue and tell them yeah. there is nothing wrong with a disability they can participate just like everybody else and when kids see an animal That's with a amazing. disability it clicks in their brain and they say there's nothing wrong with it yeah so what she's got a crushed face yeah. she's beautiful she she comes to us she loves us just like we love them so she's part of us celebrating yeah. diversity yes which absolutely is part of the the big theme of this podcast yes um yeah when i remember um going into some places with my brother when mm -hmm. i was a kid probably yeah. eight nine years old or mm -hmm. ten or whatever and and other children leaving the room and sometimes even because their parents would you know say okay we're let's leaving. go right because they didn't know would, how to handle the emotion to like a little a birthday party with right. my brother right. my brother and i were age uh one year apart sure. so mm -hmm. and it would really hurt me yes. you know because and i was i still i mean these are really deep memories like yeah. it's, it's affected my whole life because it would really hurt me because here's my little brother yeah i'm getting emotional you know and yeah and, I'm and you like, want to protect him yeah, yeah and i I saw him as my brother. Yeah, you there know, was nothing wrong with him. More. He wasn't different than the the no. whole rest of and the world. And so the fact that that yeah. would happen would really hurt me. These are my friends like turning their back on him. Yes, you know, and yes. and I feel like he's his name is Felipe, and I feel mm -hmm. like that he has felt that a lot throughout his life. You sure. Know? And mm -hmm. it's it's not okay. And it, but in a way, I'm so glad again. And one more thing that we're sort of. Thanks to social media yes. and internet. We're becoming and more aware. More aware. Yes. And, and um, tolerant mm -hmm. and opening our minds and hearts. Mm -hmm. That's why we're here. That's what we're doing. So I really, I really yeah. love that. So mm -hmm. I really, I, I, I want to see the, gra the glass like full, the glass full in right. all of these situations. Absolutely. Yep. Because mm -hmm. I feel like there's hope. Yes. And the yeah. fact that even those of you who are listening to this podcast and that we're sitting and talking mm -hmm. and that this is one of the things I love the most about podcasting is that it's not regulated. Right. You know, in the podcasting world, it's kind of like the wild, wild west right now. Right. Meaning like iTunes, if you get, you know, your, you get your show approved and you get it up there, mm -hmm. there's all these different podcasts, which means, you know, I'm not working for a network. Correct. Nobody can tell me what I can and I cannot say right. here. You can be diverse. 
And that is... It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. You know, it's one of the reasons way back I went to school for uh, journalism and also with the yoga, dance, kinesiology stuff. But the journalism that I was that I loved Mm -hmm. was investigative reporting, which was, you know, print. And it was like going and finding true stories and non-bias and And not being censored. Yes. Not being censored. And now this is Mm -hmm. almost a dying thing. Right. It's very rare. Yeah. But you do find that in Mm -hmm. places like YouTube. Right. And podcasting. Mm -hmm. And and so. And it's very important. That's a grassroots thing that we need to keep going. Mm -hmm. The world needs to open up. People open need heart, to wake open up. mind. That's right. People need to wake up. That's right. It's time. It's yeah, here. It is. You know. So, is there any another story that you want to tell about the place or anything else, or should we go into how to help? We would. Let's do the. Um, we'll go to how to help. Okay. Um, I've got. How can we assist? Like, how if somebody that's listening to this right now says, right. "Okay, I feel inspired. How can I contribute?" And I just want to throw something out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some there's an animal sanctuary that I follow and have visited in California mm-hmm. that um, you know I don't even I don't I'm not in California right now but I can contribute so right. you can contribute whether you're in Thailand or right. Brazil or Paris or wherever sure the, these contributions matter no ma- you know you don't have to be in Louisiana you don't have you can right but, you know right. you don't have to. And I love it that in this sanctuary, they have a picture of each of the animals. Yes. And I think it's called the Gentle Barn. Mm-hmm. You guys can look it up. It's amazing. And you and you and it's got a little story. You know, this is this right. is who they are. This is what they like care. They don't. And you can even like pick an animal if you want to to contribute. Right. So there's many different ways. Right. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And we are um, right now working on bios for each horse that's here right now. Mm-hmm. And also bios of the ones that we have loved and lost. <laughs> so um, they'll be able to look at that on a Facebook page. And um, we've got a couple of numbers here for you. Um, the Ponchatula Feed Store is about 30 miles from us and they provide a lot of the horse feed for all of our rescues um, at my cost so if anybody's interested in helping with that they could contact them directly and um, purchase feed so we could pick it up that would help immensely Um, we we go through about a hundred bags of feed um, a month whoa yes because each horse is eating about 12 to 18 pounds of feed a day. And then, of course, their hay. Hay costs $7.50 per day per horse. And we have 20 horses. Mm. So it's a big, big feed bill. So um, I've got, do you want the uh, numbers? Yes, yes. Okay. We can, we, we're going to let you guys know how you can contribute. So if you want to help with feed, that would be amazing. Just can they call them directly and then they just sure. say it's um, it's for St. John Riding with Stables. You, mm-hmm. So you'll get the special fee. Yeah. And I'll give them the number. This is Ponchatula Feed. Mm-hmm. It's 985-386-3506. And then Tractor is, Supply is here in Laplace. Okay. Tractor Supply in Laplace, 985-340-2880. Mm-hmm. 
And um, so both of these places are feed places yes. that people, you guys can call, you can mm -hmm. make a contribution, yep. and it will come straight to the animals, straight to the barns, straight to the horses. Yeah, absolutely. It couldn't be like more straightforward right. than that. You right. Know? But also, um, if you want to get a hold of um, Kimberly and you want to maybe book a session, a writing session, she has amazing packages of 10 classes you know different packages that you can do and share with your family mm -hmm. i highly recommend you can come get a lesson or book a private like um birthday, birthday party, party or, or just come mm -hmm. come hang out come see the animals yourself yeah. this i'll let you give your sure. number um st john riding stables and it's 985-379-6454 and also um you can make donations to paypal at nola fit at gmail.com that's n-o-l-a-f-i-t at gmail.com okay so that that's that's awesome i'm glad that we covered that because that's really important i will include all of that on the show notes and, and i'm also going to include your facebook page please so that we um we have a way that we can take action sure Not you can see every horse you can, can see action. all the children um yeah taking lessons and taking care of the horses yeah that is my major thing is getting the children and not only in our community but all other communities to start realizing that they have to take a commitment when they get an animal i love that yep I love that. Yeah. So um, there's this kitty cat here that needs adoption too She's that so you mentioned. She's yes. beautiful. She's gorgeous. She's four I'll weeks take a, old. A picture of her. Yeah. Four weeks old. So if you get, I'll tell them about the cat. This is a little girl that um, they dropped in my garden. Somebody I apparently couldn't take care of her. Um, she was only two weeks old, so she didn't have a lot of teeth. Um, I started feeding her the bottle and getting up with her every two to three hours. And now she's actually eating kitty food. She's four weeks old. I had her looked at by the vet yesterday. Not old enough for shots. Um, she will be fixed at nine to ten weeks. And um, she's adorable. Little calico kitten. She Yeah, her coloring is so pretty. Beautiful. So if you're interested in her, does he have a name? And she's potty. She's already potty trained. Oh, good. What's her name? <laughs> um, we're calling her Ginger right now. Ginger. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in Ginger, definitely uh, get a hold of Kim, too, if you can give this little girl a nice, good home. Forever home. Forever. Yes. Forever. Make sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I love that you're... Do you teach the kids that? Yes. Yeah, when they, when they make that commitment, even if they win a goldfish, you don't flush the goldfish down the no. toilet. Let it live its life. Yeah. You feed it and you clean its water. That's what... That. That's, we have a responsibility to everyone around mm -hmm. us, including our peers, but animals depend on us for everything. So we need to teach that in our homes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for doing Thank that. You. I really yep. appreciate it. Is there anything else that you'd like to add or about just love animals and love each other? So what is if you had to say what is your message for um, or maybe like your mission statement or your message for um, what you're that doing? Now? What is that, that no animal is a throwaway. We have to in our society start realizing that 
when an animal is born, it needs to be taken care of just like your babies. You don't buy an animal and then throw it away when you want a new baby. You make that commitment and you keep it for life. I love Thanks. that. Yep. And if you had like one declaration, if you could say like wh anything right now, well, how would you like to see this place, St. John, evolve the next year, two, three years of the I, life? I would love for this to become um, St. John Riding Stable Learning Center and Rescue. And that's what we're working on right now so that we can um, provide the community with a learning center so the kids can come from school and they'll, they'll learn about the nature trails and the indigenous plants in the area, the uh, indigenous animals in the area, and then they'll learn horsemanship. Wow, yep. I really love that, Kim. Yep, I would when love is to that going to happen? We're so trying to do year. that within this year. Yeah. Oh, yay. Yep. And what about you? Anything exciting that you're really looking forward to in your life? Yes, being, being doing this full time. I would love that. Um, we just had a grandbaby, so congratulations! My little, yes, my little grandbaby. Um, I'm going to meet him this month, but I know that he'll be riding by 18 Where months. Where is he? Where is he? <laughs> He's in Chicago. Oh, how yeah. cute! Yep. Oh so I'm God. going to see him this month, and then we still have um, ties to the industry. Are you doing? So he'll be taking lessons yeah. in Chicago, and he'll be like riding at 18 months. I yes. love that little little. We baby. start him as early as 18 months here. And I've got three or four 18-month-olds, and then they, the main um, age of children here are between 5 and 12. Wow, at the writing school? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. That yeah. is amazing. And adults, obviously, oh, are absolutely. welcome to absolutely. I've come got one come. gentleman that is 78 years old. He bought his first horse four years ago, and I taught him how to ride and take care of her. And he still comes here once a week and rides. So, wow. Yep. Well, lots of success Thank stories. You. And Thank I'm you. sure, you know, we told you the story of two horses today, mm -hmm. Jazz and Jude. Jude. Yes. yes. Jude and Jazz. But, you know, there are 20. Yes. Each one of them have their own story, their own lives. They probably have been given second chances, third, third chances, chances, fourth, fourth chances. <laughs> and uh, they were these guys were very lucky that they and they're here now. Yes. And anyway, so come meet the horses. Thank you so much, you. Kimberly, for thank doing you, this. Thank you. I'm excited. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in and staying with us throughout this whole episode. And have a wonderful day. Bye. Hey, hey, are you still there? Thank you so much for staying all the way through this episode with Kimberly and myself. And in the name of all of the horses and all the animals that we are speaking out for and trying to raise the vibration of our planet. I truly, truly appreciate your support. And I wanted to let you know that we, Sonia and I did so much research for this episode. And unfortunately, we were not able to cover all the details. So what I will do is I will include on there the show notes um, some of the research that we have found. And all of this information is available online. Um, we did talk about some of it during the episode, but here are some of the topics and then I will again post it on the show notes and you can read more about this article. How old are horses on average when they retire from the racetrack? How many horses die on the track a day? How many bred thoroughbreds make it to the race? What happens to thoroughbreds after they retire from horse racing? 
Um, let's see. We also have something on drugging and how this is not very well regulated. And many of them are unfortunately overdrugged. And what are the things that this can cause uh, on a physical level and on many levels? So I'm going to let you all read about that. Uh, horses that are trained too young, how this affects them. This crazy, um, this really made me want to cry when I found out Nurse Mayor Foles. I'm actually going to read this for you uh, right now because I think it's important that we uh, bring some light into this subject. Okay, Nurse Mayor Foles. In this horrible practice, an expensive mayor's foal is taken from uh, her and given to a nurse mayor, quote-unquote nurse mayor, so she can be bred again immediately. For a mayor to take a nurse foal, she must be bred so she will give milk. Her biological foal is then taken from her at approximately one week old, sometimes killed immediately, sometimes slowly starved to death so his hide can be used for leather. In this practice, two foals are being taken from their mothers within days of their birth. One foal is brutally killed. The other foal is raised by a surrogate mother who is constantly bred and has to go through the emotional pain of having her foal taken from her year after year after year. The more quote-unquote expensive mare is bred over and over, which is very difficult for her physically. She also goes through an emotional turmoil of having her babies taken from her every single year. Like I said before, like Kimberly and I mentioned animals, um, these horses are extremely intelligent. Horses are very emotional. This is really, um, I have seen many mares with their foals. They're very attached. They really take care of those babies. So you can only imagine how much pain they go through. I mean, this, this practice needs to end. I, I just can't believe this is happening. Um, another highlight here will be using drugs to make sure that they are burnt, uh, that the thoroughbreds are born early in the year. This is something also crazy. I'll let you guys read it on the show notes. Um, and then we go into how can we help personally and what else can we do about it. And the, these are just a few suggestions for everyone to do and the practice of nurse nurse mayor foals i'm going to say i'm going to be a huge advocate for that something else that i would like to just shed some light on and again this could be a whole episode so we're not going to go too much into it but it's just something for us to think about there is a drug going on out there for women in menopause it is prescribed prescribed across the nation okay and this drug is made from horse pee from the mares i am no expert whatsoever in this and i all i'm going to say i'm going to include a link for you to read about and i'm going to encourage you that you look online for and find out more and for those women who are going through menopause or will go through menopause 
please take a look at this, okay? Ask your doctor, where is your medication coming from? And is this medication something that is clean? If it involves any animal cruelty, especially this here that is going on with the mares, this is a practice that is not okay. It is not in alignment with ahimsa, which means nonviolence. We are here to practice nonviolence with ourselves and with all beings around us. All lives matter, right? So in on uh, on a on a spiritual level, I can tell you that energy travels. So any animal who have who is going through some pain and suffering, and then you are bringing that into your energy field by placing that energy in your body, it is now transmitting that violence onto you, even if you are not aware. You know, I am sure many people who are taking this medication they don't know where this is coming from. So it has to do with menopause. There's a drug going on. And it is extremely cruel for the horses and for the mares to be a part of this industry. It is not necessary. I can tell you through research that there is an alternative, which is synthetic, which is not from animals. And it functions very similarly. So, you know, just again, look into it. Thanks everyone for joining us. I hope that you have a beautiful day. Like I said, I hope this empowers you. Um, if you are like me and like Kimberly and you care so much about the planet and you care so much about all beings, yay, I love you. You are amazing. I believe in you. Let's keep raising the bar. Let's, you know, it is not enough to only do it for ourselves, to know the information ourselves. When we know the information, we, we have to share it. We have to share it with our families, our friends, our community, and the planet. All right, so I'm going to say, Peace and love for everyone on life on earth. Until next, bye-bye.